You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about beauty and style. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? Plum is officially in a twin bed. Yay! Yeah. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but she, since she was about six months old, has slept in the most amazing travel crib ever, the Guava Family Lotus little product plug. I love them. Plum had been sleeping in that pretty happily for a while, but I had also bought an old Ikea bed frame even before I was pregnant because I wanted to cut the legs off and use it as just a bed frame for a floor bed. Mm. And I wasn't sure when we would do that. So we had the frame. And then I had just been looking for a secondhand mattress. We found this amazing garage sale recently where the family was moving to France. And Mm. so they were selling everything. The best kind of garage sale. It was amazing. (laughs) We got lots of really good things there, but they also had a thin mattress that was nice and firm that had been on the top of a bunk bed. Mm -hmm. I was able to fold it in half and get it in my Honda Civic and brought it home, set up the bed for Plum. And we just had it set up and her travel crib still out. And she was still sleeping in the travel crib for a while. And then one day at rest time, we were reading books on the big bed. She said, Mama, I'm going to try my big bed for rest today. Hmm. And I said, "Okay." The rule is that you stay in your big bed until somebody comes to get you. You don't get out of it. Do you think you can do that? And she said, I can. And so then she did. Awesome. What's new with you, Sarah? I also have a new item in our house to share. Yay. Ours is a dishwasher. (laughs) And this is one of those things where I had just gotten acclimated to a dishwasher that didn't work. When I look back at it now, I'm sort of amazed That we kept that dishwasher for so long because (laughs) we weren't just rinsing the dishes and putting them in. We were having to scrub the dishes. There could be nothing on the dish to put it in because it would just harden onto the plate or bowl or silverware. So I'm pre-scrubbing, putting them in the dishwasher, and then sometimes still having to wash them again after if the pre-scrub wasn't good enough. That's really terrible. So not really sure what the point of running the dishwasher exactly was, since we were essentially hand washing everything before loading it. And after, it sounds like. Yeah. Although sometimes I would just think, well, I mean, there's some dried on food, but it's clean-ish. So (laughs) (laughs) then it got to the point where I just could not deal earlier this summer. I was becoming enraged when unloading dishes and there was still food caked onto it. It was so frustrating. I think that's a fair reaction. Yes. Couldn't deal. Ordered a new dishwasher. We installed it last weekend and it is amazing. I have never appreciated an appliance as much as I appreciate this dishwasher. I bet. At first, I was a little incredulous about the idea of putting things in without pre-washing them because I had gotten so used to it. And so I've been testing the limits of whether it can really get off the oatmeal coating that Mm -hmm. comes after breakfast or lentils. Obviously, we don't let chunks of food go in, but just the things that would harden and create issues in my life. No more. Our dishwasher can handle them now. That's amazing. I love it. I've actually heard that Having a little food in there, not chunks like you're saying, Mm -hmm. actually helps the soap work better because Mm. it gives it something to cling to. 
mm. and make more. Somebody said that one time on a mom group. I don't know if it's true. She claimed that she was a chemist, but I have thought about that a lot when not pre-washing things and putting them into our dishwasher. Well, I will enjoy not pre-washing even more now with that little nugget of information. Let's move on to what we've been reading. Abby, what's your latest read? I just read The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Yes, so good. So this is a romance novel about Stella and Michael. Stella is an econometrician with Asperger's, and Michael is the escort she hires to help her learn about sex. Brilliant setup. I think that Helen Huang was going for sort of a reverse pretty woman type situation. Mm, mm -hmm. The sex scenes are great. The characters are lovable. Helen Huang also has autism herself, so it was really interesting to me to read her version of an autistic character. Mm -hmm. Really fun, short, quick read. There really wasn't much that I didn't like about it. I mean, this isn't a book with a lot of substance, but it is solid. Great for the beach, great for traveling, great to get into if you're trying to not listen to your toddler in the dead zone between camp and school starting, (laughs) which is what I'm still in. Yes. I had such a fun time reading it. And I did read it while I was traveling on the beach. So yeah, perfect for that. I would definitely recommend this to anyone who wants a romance novel. This would be a good one to start with, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely fun. What have you been reading, Sarah? I finished The Book of Essie by Megan McLean Weir. And this is one I'd seen on Goodreads. And then I read the premise that it's following a religious family that are the stars of a reality television show. And I thought, yes, this is a book for me. (laughs) I will say it focuses on the dark side. So it's not fluffy and light, even though it was a really fast read. The book focuses on Essie, who is the youngest child of the Hicks family. And her whole life has been being on this reality television show. Wow. And we meet her when she's 17. We find out right away that she's pregnant. And the rest of the novel follows how her mother tries to manage and control that narrative, while simultaneously, Essie is working to use the situation to escape from her life. I read the book in less than 24 hours. I just couldn't put it down. But in the end, I felt overall that it was eh. Writing wasn't my favorite. There was a lot of dropping hints about things, which makes me crazy in books. (laughs) Either tell me the thing or don't tell me, but don't make me (laughs) wonder and guess and wait another hundred pages to figure out what you're actually saying here. Right. So in terms of a recommendation, what I can say is that I really enjoyed the experience of reading it, but it won't make the list of the best books I've read this year. Fair enough. Now let's move on to our main segment for the day, style and beauty. If you are listening to this, expecting a lot of great tips and resources and links, prepare yourself to be disappointed. (laughs) But if you want to feel good about your choices, whatever they are, keep listening. (laughs) And I'll also say that this was a listener suggestion that we got on Instagram when we asked recently about things that you wanted to hear us talk about. So thank you very much for that. Yes. Let's start the conversation by sharing any guiding philosophy you have around style and beauty. I would say 
I like feeling great about my clothes and hair and how I smell. (laughs) I love that smell is included. So important. It feels really (laughs) important to me, especially sort of an ongoing deodorant saga, which we've talked some about on the pod. I think for me, I want to feel good about how I look, but I don't want to invest money or time into making that happen. In order for that to be a reality, rather than changing my appearance, I've worked to change my view of beauty and really questioned what image society is putting out about that and Mm. embraced my own. Nice. And one quote that I think really sums that up, I saw in a meme on Instagram and I was trying to Google to see who it was attributed to and was not finding that, but (laughs) I will do some further research and try and link it up in the show notes. But it says, in a world that profits off your self-doubt, loving yourself is a rebellious act. That's awesome. I just love that because I think it's really true that people are trying to sell us a lot of stuff focused on you feeling bad about yourself Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it. And I just read The Frugal Woods Memoir. Mm. And my favorite section in that book was her talking about how since she was 14, basically, she had just bought in. Mm-hmm. to needing to do all these things, needing to do the makeup, needing to pay for the hair, needing to do all the stuff, and how liberating it was that she stepped away from that. And she did it through the path of frugality. But I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of ways that people do that and find fulfillment. Yes. And she has a great blog post on that too. So I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. Nice. Let's go through the different areas of style and share how we've approached that both in the past and how we do that now. Let's start with makeup. I wear no makeup on a daily basis. I never have. I have worn a lot of makeup through doing theater and dance. Mm -hmm. And I like wearing eye makeup, blush, and lip color for fancy occasions like weddings and dances. Did that ever feel weird in Dallas? I think of Dallas as being a very makeup-filled place. Yes. So Dallas is a very image-focused place. And I think one thing that helped is that my mom doesn't wear makeup on a daily basis, at least not a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I was sort of raised with an anti-Dallas mindset. My mom is not from Dallas. (laughs) She's from the Midwest. And I think it was really healthy for me to have that other example right there in the house growing up. Because it was. I mean, everybody was doing it. Everyone was putting makeup on. Everyone was doing all the things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And I had a similar experience in my mom never wore makeup. My sister did. She was very interested in that. And she's a couple years older than me. So it was something that was in our house. Mm -hmm. It wasn't completely foreign. But with my personality, I latched on to the choosing not to path more than the choosing to. I have worn it on a few occasions, I think similarly going to dances or weddings that I was in. But anytime that I wear it, it feels so unnatural to me. And when I see myself, I feel really self-conscious. It doesn't make me feel more confident and comfortable the way I think it does for a lot of people. It has the opposite effect. I'm sure I could change that if I wanted to, if I worked on finding products that were more natural and learned how to apply it in a way that felt good. But I don't want to because I don't want to spend the money on it. And I don't want to take time to do that every day when I feel like I look fine without it. Or if not, I'm happy at least with my face. Yeah. That's so interesting 
because it almost sounds like you feel less confident because it feels weird Mm -hmm. because it feels not your normal thing. Yes, totally. And I would say I feel equally confident with and without makeup, but that makeup just feels extra fancy for me. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Well, both of us have had quite a journey with this next one, which is the hair on our heads. Yes. Tell us about your hair. So I have really thick, wavy hair. So every time I sit down in a hairdresser chair, like a new stylist, Mm -hmm. they do the thing where they start to work their hands through your hair and they're like, oh, oh, (laughs) you have a lot of hair. You have so much hair. Oh, my gosh. I mean, some stylists really don't know how to cut hair as thick as mine. Mm -hmm. I need a lot of layers or else my hair sticks out like a mushroom or a bush or a triangle from my head. I am quite familiar. Yes. (laughs) But first grade through fifth grade, I had the chili bowl haircut. Imagine someone put a bowl over your head and cut around. Did you get this at a salon or was this a home haircut? Yeah, it was a salon haircut at a kid's salon in Dallas where they cuted it up with the curling iron and stuff. We just didn't do that every day. Mm -hmm. So it was just short and thick. And I asked my mom recently why she did it. And she said it was just so cute and so different than all the other kids, which is true. (laughs) It was really different from all the other kids. Maybe not what you're going for in elementary school. You know, in the age of the bangs in Dallas and the giant bows and stuff. Yes. So it wasn't that. But I was pretty consistently mistaken for a boy. Mm -hmm. It was rough. I grew it out in middle school. Had some sort of the long, straight, big hair because it was still wavy. It's hot and humid. Mm -hmm. Things really changed for me in high school when I got a hair straightener and I was able to make my long hair straight. And so I really styled it a lot in high school and college. I shaved my head after freshman year of college and then grew it back out. Some of that was a sort of rebellion move. Some of it was in support of a friend who had just finished chemo. And then toward the end of college, I finally realized that I could actually wear my hair wavy. And I think more products were coming out like mousse and things. So I've done that on and off. But even after college, I still straighten my hair a lot. And then when I had plum, my hair changed and got even curlier. So much so that even after straightening it, it won't stay straight. So I can straighten it and in the house it's fine and climate control. I think some of it has to do with the humidity here. Mm. It's one of the more humid places I've lived, which I have so much hair that it takes a really long time to style it. I remember once in college you were so mad at me because I was straightening my hair and you wanted to go to dinner. Mm, I don't remember this. You were really hungry and I was like, oh, it'll just be a little bit longer. And so you were sitting waiting for me and then you just huffed off because it was taking way (laughs) too long, which is true. It takes Uh a really long time. But anyway, now I can't wear it straight. And so in May, I got a really awesome cut from my mom's stylist in Dallas. And this is the first person I've ever had cut my hair dry with Mm -hmm. the wave. Mm -hmm. So she created these layers where it does not stick out like a triangle and I can basically let it dry, put a little product in it, and it looks awesome. And then I cannot wash it for a week and just wake up. Mm. And it still looks some version of wavy and awesome. Best haircut I've ever had. Guess I'm going to have to go to Dallas <laughs> to get my hair cut all the time. <laughs> Maybe I can find someone to do it here. But it's awesome now. I love it a lot. What about your hair, friend? 
I also have very thick, naturally curly hair. And mm-hmm. I think mine is even more curl and less wave than yours. Yes, it's very curly. Yes. When my hair is long, it's not quite ringlet curls, but it is but very close. curly. Yeah. And so in elementary school, I went through various lengths. I had some shortish cuts, not quite the bowl cut you're describing. <laughs> I definitely had the triangle situation often. <laughs> I remember my piano teacher telling me, this was in junior high, and it was probably chin length. And she just said, I always know when you're coming because I just see this triangle coming towards me. She was definitely not meaning it as an insult, but I just remember thinking, that's not what I'm going for with my hair. (laughs) But I knew she meant well. Most of the time through high school, I had shoulder length hair that I wore in a ponytail every day. And I would shower in the morning, put it in a ponytail while it was wet, And then blow dry the ponytail part of it. Mm. The part that was pulled back was really smooth because I did it while it was wet. Mm -hmm. And so it was drying, held in that position. And then the part that was actually in the ponytail was smooth because I was brushing it as I was drying it. Okay. And this is one of those things where that was not the most stylish hairstyle to do. And I went to a decent amount of effort to do it in terms of actually blowing it dry. But I really liked the way that it looked, that I felt like my hair just looked really good pulled back in this tight, medium-high ponytail, and that was what I wore every day. Once I got to college, I started experimenting with slightly shorter haircuts, not to the point of getting a pixie cut, but doing more the chin length and less the shoulder length. And I was really spoiled. Because I never had to go to a salon because my sister just cut my hair. Mm. After high school, she went to get her cosmetology degree and became a stylist. But even before that, she was really interested in it. And since my hair was curly and I always pulled it back, I just let her cut my hair, I think starting in eighth grade, that she would just trim it for me. And then that was that. But I remember in college, I decided it was too long. I wanted my hair to be shorter, and I wasn't going home anytime soon, so I asked you to cut it for me. And see, I don't remember this at all. I have some vivid memories. You made me promise before you cut my hair that I wouldn't be mad no matter what the results were. Okay, that's smart. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it, Abby. Hair grows. It's no big deal. I just didn't want to pay to get my hair cut. So you cut my hair, but the thing is, with really curly hair, it shrinks so much when it dries. You were cutting it to my desired length. Wet. Yes. Oh, no. Exactly. Ugh. I blocked it out. As my hair dried, it was so short. It had this not even quite a triangle effect. It was like a diamond effect almost where it was coming up in the bottom and then out. And I just remember looking in the mirror afterwards and you saying, you promised you wouldn't get mad. And I was like, yep, hair grows, whatever. (laughs) And then we just went on. And I remember not liking it, but also being like, I mean, I wanted a free haircut. I guess this is what I get. (laughs) No. And it was fine. After college, I got it in my head that I wanted to buzz my hair. Mm. Probably somewhat inspired by you doing it after freshman year that I had in my head, this was a thing that could be done. And I decided that I wanted to be someone who did that. So I thought about it for a few weeks and then had one of our college friends buzz my hair off. And I loved it. It made me feel more confident because I felt like I had to to rock that hairstyle. Yeah. Of just feeling like, yeah, here I am. This is my face. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I really liked that. And so since that time, I can't even count the number of times that I've buzzed my hair many 
many a time. Yeah. And I'll buzz it and then grow it out. And now my sister has moved on from her career as a cosmetologist because she used to do a really cute short haircut after I got the buzz and was growing it out that she would style it really cute short. Mm. But I've never found a stylist who's able to recreate that for me in a way that I like. And so now I just cut my hair at home that Neil and I kind of tag team it. And mostly I buzz it or something really close to that Mm -hmm. and then let it grow out and then do it again. And whenever I get in my head that I want to grow it out, I start doing that. And then I just think, this is way too much trouble, too much hair. It's hot and sweaty. And it's making me crazy. And then I just cut it all off again. Yes. If you have never shaved your head or buzzed your head, it is amazing how much your scalp sweats that your hair catches. Mm -hmm. And so then when you don't have hair anymore, I mean, it was nuts. I remember playing Frisbee that summer Mm. that I had done it. And in Dallas, I was dripping. Yes. And it's much easier for me biking to wear a helmet when my hair is super short and feels more comfortable to me. And if I ever were to style my hair and then I wear a bike helmet and then I sweat, it's just not cute anymore. Right. Totally. And my favorite hairstyle right now is actually the length that is right now. I love about a month after it's really short when Mm. I cut it, where it's a little bit long. It doesn't look like I've buzzed my hair, but it's still very short. Yeah. I like the way it looks. I like how easy it is. So at the moment, I am really happy with where I've landed with my hairstyle. I liked it when it was long, but this is just so much easier and something I can maintain at home. Nice. One thing that I was surprised may not be the right word because I guess I did expect to get some fairly offensive comments Mm -hmm. when I buzzed my hair in the south yeah I was waiting tables at the time so I had lots of comments from strangers right but one person that I worked with I came in and the first thing he said to me was what does your boyfriend think of that and I just remember being infuriated yeah just thinking who cares what my boyfriend thinks about my hair I don't need his permission to cut my hair. And if he is worried about how I'm presenting myself in the world and that buzzing my hair sends off the wrong image, then he is not the person for me. Yeah. And said boyfriend was Neil. He does not care. But I just remember being so annoyed that that's even a question that he felt like it was appropriate to ask me. I think that people do like to tell their opinions to women with short hair. Because Mm -hmm. when I shaved my head, you're like touching it because it feels really different and really Mm -hmm. cool. And this woman in a store was like, did you just do that? And I said, yeah. And I was kind of excited about it. And she said, good thing you have a pretty face. Like, (laughs) it's just, why is that appropriate? Mm -hmm. Why is that where you go to tell someone, talk to them about their boyfriend or talk to them about that they've clearly made a mistake by having short hair. It just feels like another way that people try to control women. They do. My body and my hair are not here for your viewing pleasure. I don't need to style myself so that you are pleased when I walk into a room. That is not the purpose of my body. And the fact that you feel the need to comment on anything I'm doing with it is inappropriate. It's true. And I don't think I had quite the language to articulate that at the time. I just knew I was offended. And (laughs) I think I see it now much more in this bigger cultural context. Yes, exactly. And at the time, I just remember feeling, you shouldn't ask me that. And that shouldn't be a thing you're concerned about. 
and I'm glad I'm not dating you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue the conversation about hair and talk about hair elsewhere on our bodies, which is also a subject in which the culture has many thoughts about what women should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah. I do not do bikini grooming. A friend once said, full 70s porn star. That definitely applies to me. (laughs) Just don't really worry very much about my pubic hair. I am right there with you on the (laughs) pubic hair situation. When I was in high school, I did some bikini waxing. Mm. And I think part of that was being on the diving team. Oh, yeah. Wearing a swimsuit all the time and just feeling like that was something I was supposed to be doing. Right. But- I just cannot muster up the will to put myself through that. (laughs) Nope. I have pubic hair, and it's fine. (laughs) So in terms of hair on my legs, I go back and forth with shaving. I would say I shave more often during the summer, basically don't shave all winter. Same with armpits. Don't shave my armpit hair all winter. Do shave fairly regularly my pits in the summer. And I have gone back and forth, but most of the time I do shave my armpits and legs. I do just feel better when I do that. And I know it's something I don't have to do. And sometimes I feel annoyed about it. Mm -hmm. Men don't have to do this. Why am I doing it? And so I won't sometimes, but I do like the way I look and the way I feel better, regardless of whether that is because of society's expectations or not. It is how I feel. That's how I feel about eyebrow grooming. Mm. I really love getting my eyebrows threaded. I love how it looks. I don't necessarily like the experience of it because it's sort of painful, but Mm -hmm. it's short, which is fine. But I really love the difference it makes in my face. I just feel Mm. like my face looks cleaner. So I get my eyebrows threaded, I would say occasionally, and then do shaping in between threading sessions Mm -hmm. with tweezers on my own. I used to do my eyebrows when my sister was cutting my hair and I'd go into her salon. She Mm. would also do my eyebrows on my lip at the same time. Mm. And then I'd try and maintain it in between, but was never very good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Now I've just let my eyebrows go. I like the way they look. It's fine. But I do still wax my upper lip. And that's one of those things where I feel really self-conscious if I don't do it. Mm. And I just feel better when I wax my lip. And it's something I do at home. What about caring for your nails and doing manicures or pedicures? I never paint my nails. I never really have. I'd say I got some manicures and pedicures in high school when it was a fun thing to do, but I don't really love people to touch my feet. Mm -hmm. And so it was never that fun of a thing. Now I cut and shape both fingernails and toenails at home, and I'm happy with that. I'm the same. I don't own any nail polish. I probably paint my toenails maybe once every five years or so. (laughs) But it always seems really strange to me because it's not something I do regularly. So I'm always surprised whenever I see painted nails on my body. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten a manicure and a pedicure once before. It was fine, but I'm also really ticklish. So people touching my feet is just (laughs) so uncomfortable for me. Then I felt awkward about being so uncomfortable and jerking my feet away and it just wasn't a great situation. What about skincare? I feel like that is a big topic of conversation lately. It is a big topic and to be honest I really like reading about it. 
there's a blog that I like <laughs> where she is very detailed about her skincare routine. And I love reading about all the serums and the vitamins and the things. also love looking at her skin because it's really glowy when she posts pictures. <laughs> we can link if anyone is familiar. It's the Ernie Buffalo blog. But I do not have a skincare routine, not even washing my face on a regular basis. I splash water on my face in the shower, <laughs> but I don't even put soap on my face. I tried oh. a facial cleansing oil from Trader Joe's for a while, but I didn't like it because it felt like it dried my skin. And that's how I feel about other face washes and soaps and things. Interesting. My skin really does just fine with its own natural oils. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, if it feels dirty or gritty... I'll use a little rose water on a cotton ball and rub, and it does a little exfoliating. Mm. But I would say I do that once a month. So this is nothing <laughs> like daily, nightly, morning and evening skin stuff. Yeah. In high school, I definitely bought a variety of facial cleansers that I had seen advertised on the TV. <laughs> yeah. And I remember it was something I had to spend my own money on because my mom would just say, use a bar of soap. <laughs> now I do just use soap. And I wash my face in the shower every day. But if I'm not showering that day, sometimes I'll wash my face at night because it makes me feel really fresh or in the morning. Mm -hmm. But I don't really worry about it one way or the other. I think I do it more in the summer because I wear sunscreen mm -hmm. every day in the summer. And yeah. so then I do like the feeling of getting that off. But I have no exfoliator, toner, the other things that I don't even use. really know the words to be honest neither yeah <laughs> so one thing that you hear a lot is about how beauty and style can be connected to self-care that mm. people talk about going to go get a manicure when they're treating themselves mm -hmm. or how their skincare regimen is part of feeling good about themselves and taking time for themselves and investing does any of that resonate with you or do any of your beauty and style routines fall into the category of self-care for you? Yeah, I think that they do. I like feeling great about my clothes and hair and how I smell. And that does feel like taking the time to focus on that stuff feels like time well spent. I definitely feel more put together when I'm wearing clothes that I love and when my hair is styled. But I don't think I care enough about it that if it were time-consuming or tricky that I would put the time in. Mm -hmm. It feels like self-care to me to have a hairstyle that is so easy that I think looks amazing with doing mm. very little. Mm -hmm. It does not feel like self-care to spend more time and to do a lot of that and to spend a lot of money. That feels like work. Mm -hmm. For me, the self-care piece around it is making it easy and fun. I like that. I think I feel similarly to what you've described. I do like feeling put together and fresh and clean, but for me, that feels more about hygiene than about beauty and style. <laughs> and the traditional connections of self-care and beauty do feel like work to me, not something that I'm looking forward to engaging in. Yeah. It sounds like it's all about priorities. Yes, exactly. Let's end, as we always do, by sharing something we've been eating lately. My food is a Greek salad, hmm. which was inspired by my desire to eat more vegetables. Nice. This desire comes on about once every three or four months. <laughs> we all think, I 
been eating a lot of quesadillas and grilled cheese. Maybe I should eat more vegetables. <laughs> Love it. And then I'll go to the store, buy a ton of vegetables, eat a lot, and then yeah, slowly peters out back to the baseline level of vegetable consumption. Nice. But in my most recent vegetable-fueled shopping trip, I got spinach, Kalamata olives, feta cheese, and then from the farmer's market, fresh tomatoes and peppers. Yum. Chopped all that stuff up and just used lemon juice and yogurt as a dressing. Interesting. I like eating salads, but I like for there to be a lot of components to it, and that often feels like a lot of work. Yes, I think chopping is my main barrier to vegetable consumption. I hear that. Yep. Once I have things chopped, pepper strips, carrot sticks, whatever, Mm -hmm. I am all about it. I'll reach for that snack over other things. But if they're just in there in their whole form unwashed, I'm like, probably I should just eat some cheese. (laughs) Yes. And I think I would do better if I did more bulk salad prep on the weekend where there's Mm. a container that has all the chopped things and then I can grab a handful of the spinach, grab a handful of the pre-chopped things. Instead, I think I try and do it every time, and then it just feels like a lot of work. But when I did the work, it was delicious. (laughs) What have you been eating? I've actually been drinking something special. Hmm. Andrew carbonated a keg of water at our house to make homemade seltzer. Okay. So because he's a home brewer, we have a kegerator. So you can put the little pony kegs in. There's a tap that comes out the top. Okay. And he also has a carbon dioxide tank. And so you basically can just fill up the keg with water and then force the CO2 into it. And so after a few days, you have fizzy water on tap at your house. And it has been awesome to have something cold on tap and not just still water, but Mm. almost as cheap. How is it cold? Are you keeping it in the fridge? Well, the kegerator is a refrigerator. Okay. I did not know that piece of information. (laughs) Yeah. So for people who don't know what a kegerator is, like my co-host Sarah, (laughs) in our case, it's a miniature refrigerator that holds two five-gallon kegs. And so it has a compressor and cools. And then there's a tap on the top and you connect tubing to the keg. And then whatever liquid is in the keg, usually it's beer, Mm -hmm. but right now it's seltzer at our house runs out the top, and you pull on the tap, and you can fill your glass. Hmm. Learn something new every day. (laughs) Yeah. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Now let's move on to our Meg I cannot talk. Yeah, well, look what you wrote, because that's good. Okay. What did I write? Anything else you want to share? Should we do like a, do you have any products? Like, do we want to talk about deodorant? Or I don't have anything besides deodorant to talk about in products. No, and I'll tell you what. (laughs) All the deodorants aren't working. It's a disaster. Well, you were talking that about smell, and I was like, I mean, I sort of have just embraced that I smell a little because... (laughs) Yeah, I really haven't embraced that.